0: Good morning, everyone. Things are going to be a little different today. Welcome to all those of you online. I've got my beautiful wife Barb here. For those of you that don't know, we've been married 40 years. We've raised three kids who are now married. We got four grandchildren, and uh, you know what? We thought we were experts on parenting. Until we started having kids, right? (laughs) Then all bets were off. (laughs) But before we get into teaching, I'm going to pray, and I just want to throw out a quick announcement to you. Um, Last week, I announced about our Israel trip for next year, but we're taking, Barb and I are taking a team next month to Israel, and we have an opening. A couple had to back out. So maybe you've always been looking at, like, going to the Holy Land, and it's going to be August 21st through September 2nd. So just pray about that. If you're interested in going to Israel with us, there's 50 of us going. You can contact Sharon in the church office. But let's open in prayer. Father, as Barbara and I begin to teach your word and share about parenting and the role of children in the home, Lord, we just pray your anointing upon us that you would speak through us and pray that all of us would put aside the distractions of the day that we'd be able to lean in and listen to the wisdom that comes from you. So, Lord, speak to us. We commit this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Well, I was, I was talking to our son this morning. He, he just left the last service, and he said, how you should have opened this service, Mom. He said, you should have done like a photo montage of us doing all our crazy stuff growing up. And then he said, you could have ended it with a video of a mushroom cloud. Because... <laughs> That's kind of what it looked like some days at home. But we are glad you're here. If you are, uh, if you're, whatever your family situation is, you're part of this family, and we are glad you're here today. Um, we we have to start with a disclaimer. We are, we were not perfect parents. We did everything wrong multiple times, but by the grace of God, we learned some things. God was faithful, and our kids are on fire for God. Uh, many times we cried out to God. I, I, I always say that there were, there were many days where I wanted to hide behind the couch and wave the white flag, <laughs> and that was before breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> but we found that, if, that uh, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. So parents, that's for you today. You will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Um, you know, they say that um, uh, the days are long, raising kids, right? but the years fly by, and sometimes we, we can miss those opportunities. God has given us this brief window of time to speak into their lives and to encourage them and, and train them and get them ready to be solid Christ followers. Um, some of the funny stories we remember, uh, we had a blast raising kids. We love them. Yes, we had many hard times, but we love them, and it was just so much fun. Uh, one time, uh, Anna, our youngest, was um, uh, five years old, and someone said, did you lose a tooth? And she said, yeah. And they said, she said, did the tooth fairy come? And she said, yeah. I got $90, and I'm heading to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> We're
0: like, Just the random stuff that kids what say. What in the world? <laughs> yeah.
1: There was another time when Christy was a little girl, and she used to tell Dave she would buy him a boat. You know, little girl. And so one time they were out somewhere, and they saw a boat for sale. And he goes, hey, Christy, you want to buy me that boat? And she goes, oh, Daddy, I forgot my purse. <laughs> <laughs> and then our, one of our classic Fulker stories was that our son Luke was about three. I was very pregnant at the time with, with our youngest. And he said, Mommy, he said, when you're not pregnant, you look nice. <laughs> I'm like... Uh, he said, but right now, you kind of look like a hippo. <laughs> I said, you better run, child. <laughs> but seriously, we this is this window of time. I, don't, I know you've got all different ages. Maybe your kids are up and out. Maybe your kids are, you know, you're wanting to be parents. We're going to pray for that at the end. Maybe your kids are prodigals. Whole lot of life situations in this room. But these are the years that we can uh teach them, train them, speak into their lives that they've been set apart by God to do amazing things. And it's not, parenting I don't think is about doing, telling them the wrong things they're doing. It's about casting vision that they can do something amazing for the Lord. So, so you've heard it said too that um, parenting is not a sprint, it's a marathon, you know, long-term commitment. We like to take it one step further and we say it's not a marathon, it's a relay and we want to pass that baton of faith to the kids living in our house and to whomever they are, and they'll get it. That was that was our mission. And, you know, parenting styles are a thing now. I don't know if you're aware of this, like the helicopter parent that, you know, hovers and the, the uh, free-range parent that lets kids, you know, call the shots, all these kinds of things. Let me tell you something. God's word will Always be current, and it will always be the best, and it will always work.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: So,
0: so, um, you can be turning to Ephesians chapter six. That's where we're going to be. As you know, we started. Uh, we've been doing the book of Ephesians and ch- chapter five. We got into being full of the Holy Spirit, and then it went into last week. Didn't Brian, and Jen do a great job on the marriage teaching? Amazing. That was great. So we went into to that. How to have a a right relationship as a husband and wife. And then we switch now into chapter six. We're going to talk about in the home with kids related to parents, parents with kids. Next week, Brian will be up here teaching about the spirit filled life in the workplace. And then in two weeks, we start a a two week series on spiritual warfare. But uh, so we're here in Ephesians chapter six, and let's start in verse one Children, obey your parents. Look at the qualification in the Lord. For this is right, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on the earth. See, God's heart for us is to have a good life, mm-hmm. to live a long life. And remember, his commands, I used to, I used to wonder this, are the, are the commands of God to kind of like test us to see whether we'll obey or not, It's not that at all. His commands impart his wisdom. There's wisdom around the commands of the Lord. So what he's telling us is, children, obey your parents. See, as parents, we have the responsibility that we have to teach our kids how to obey. They have the responsibility of obeying, but we have to teach them to obey. They already know how to disobey, don't they? (laughs) You do not have to teach them that. That comes along with the sin nature. So do we, right? (laughs) And then you see the added part about honoring your mother and father. Now, do you see a a qualifier there? Do we honor them only if they're honorable? Mm -hmm. You, we all have parents. Now, some of your parents may be in heaven. Barb's parents are in heaven. You know, we are still to honor our parents no matter what. But sometimes we get confused. When do we honor? When do we obey? So you see up on the screen, we obey our parents when you're under their authority. In other words, you live under their roof, you're under their authority, you're in their home, they're financially providing for you. That means if you're a college student and your parents are paying your bills, you're still under their authority, you still obey, but you don't obey as long as you're not asking you to go against, against God's will. So if they're not asking you to go against God's will, it's, it's not like one of those situations where somebody's knocking at the door and you send your kid out there and tell, tell them I'm not here. You don't want to teach your kids to lie or just tell them you're, you're, you're 11 so we get a discount going yes. into a park or something like that. You know, we, we want our kids to obey, but they don't have to obey if we're asking them to go against God's will. Now, sometimes that's an issue because young married couples, they get married, and now all of a sudden, I, I hate to say this, but some moms, you know, you've never heard a father-in-law joke, have you? <laughs> Mother-in-laws moms still try to continue to mother. And, and sometimes young couples will have a confused, like, when, when, do I need to obey them? They're telling us we need to come for this holiday. No, you're on your own. That's why the scripture says, for this cause, a man will leave his mother and father, be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So you, you leave, and you leave that authority. You leave under their financial responsibility. Then you become your own. You don't have to obey your parents anymore, but you're still called to honor them. So that's such an important part. Now we're going to shift into verse 4 where we're going to get into the parenting part. And I just have to say this. uh, People used to say, you know, parenting is like uh, a walk in the park. But they just didn't tell us it was a walk through Jurassic Park. (laughs) Am I right? It's a little bit of uh, somebody's understanding right now. (laughs) It's It's a challenge. Parenthood is probably the scariest hood you'll ever be in, but it's very rewarding. Yes. So let's look at what God says, the direction he gives us here in verse 4. Fathers. Now, I think you can also say mothers, but there's a direction here for fathers. I think it comes more naturally for moms. But fathers, do not exasperate your children. That word exasperate means to frustrate them. Like you're putting such a heavy load on them. You're you're putting requirements on them. You're so strict that you're you're frustrating your kids. Your expectations are too high. Fathers, don't exasperate. Don't frustrate your children. But then it tells us what to do. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That's what we're going to focus on the rest of the teaching. Training our kids. Instructing our kids. That's what God's asked us to do. Don't be so demanding to your kids that you frustrate them, that you cause them to rebel and, and check out. No, we want to train them, and you see it's the instruction of the Lord. So it draws it back to the Lord, just like it did for the kids that they obey their parents in the Lord. So you'd see the Lord's in the center of all that. So as we think about parenting our kids, we want to remember that what we're doing is we're preparing our kids to leave. You don't want your kids to be around longer than they should be. You want to prepare them to leave. Remember, Barb just started with the, with the whole thing. It's a mer- it's a relay. We are passing that baton that they are going to be taking off. So part of it is helping our kids understand, how did God make you? How has he uniquely gifted you? What does he have for your future? How can you use your life on purpose for God? That's our role as parents. We don't need to... You, you just uh, do just any old thing that we want to have a purpose. So the next part of our teaching here is we're going to use the acrostic train, T-R-A-I-N, because that's what we're called to do is to train. And Barb's going to cover the first one, the, the T part. Okay.
1: All right. So, yeah, the, the T stands for teach by example. And the verse there is 1 Corinthians 11, 1 follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And I think that in reality we cannot do we cannot do the work of the Spirit and the strength of the flesh. can't do it. we will fail. And so what we need is we need to be a conduit for God. We need to get before God on a daily basis and say, God help me, help me, help me. I need wisdom to raise these kids. And as we do that, God pours into us, and then we have something to give out. You know, the Apostle Paul said, "Um, I I give you what I received from the Lord, I pass on to you. That's what our goal is, to do that with our kids. Um, One thing that, um, another verse there is Proverbs 27, says, the godly walk with integrity. Blessed are their children who follow them. I think that it would help us as parents, if we've never done this, to have a talk about um, who are we going to be? How are we going to live? And then, then set some priorities to do that. And, and that will give you like a framework to build your schedules, really, because that's what we're talking about here, raising our kids. Um, we are their role models, good or bad, right? Been both, right? Um, we we want to walk the talk. We can't expect a higher standard for them than we are living ourselves. And I think we see that in how are we loving God, how are we loving people? Um, how, are we, how do we talk to people? What comes out of my mouth? <laughs> What's my mouth saying about me, right? Um, how about um, my online presence? Am, am I, do I talk more about what I'm for or what I'm against? God is for us, and we got a lot of things to celebrate in living for God. Um, another huge thing for us, we, were both, we both came out of addictions to alcohol so we said, no, no alcohol in our house. These were just decisions that we made as a couple that guided us. Um, if you're married, oh, I think, I think um, parents need to, or kids need to see um, God as our number one priority. They need to see us having a quiet time. They need to see us being in church and giving to people and giving to God and stepping out in faith and doing those things. Um, modeling a, a godly marriage if we're married. Um, respecting authority. They will learn how to respect authority as they see how we do it. Um, managing money, working hard. Like I said, uh, work isn't a four-letter word. Well, I guess it is. <laughs> 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 oh well. Um, <laughs> um, we, we need to model how to fail gracefully, right? Because they will fail. We have failed many times, right? But. Teach them how to do it with, um, gracefully and to admit when we're wrong. Um, how many of us have never had somebody say, I'm sorry I was wrong? A parent. That's one thing Dave and I got down to as science because we were constantly saying, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? We blew it.
0: Yeah, you may, if you were here a few weeks ago when I was teaching, I talked about the anger issue I had for many years. And so often I would lose it on our kids. And I would yell and I would say things, you know, like belittling them. And it was like, oh, man, you know, I had to go back to them and say, I'm sorry, daddy was wrong. Mm-hmm. Please forgive me. Some of you have never heard your parents ever say that, that they were wrong. And some of you have never said that to your kids. Mm-hmm. As, you, as I'm just sharing this right now, I was talking to, Barbara and I were talking to a gentleman in the Commons who wrote, after this first service, he wrote his, one of his kids a letter, mm-hmm. probably an email because of that convicted him. You know, none of us are perfect. There's no scoreboard in heaven. Oh, you know, you're right this many times and wrong this many times. It's like, you know, you can be so right in trying to be right that you become wrong.
1: And I think too, that um, as we demonstrate repentance, huge repentance and forgiveness, we Pave the way for our kids to see that we need a Savior too. We all need a Savior. God levels the playing ground. We're all in need of a Savior.
0: Okay, so that was the first one. We want to teach by example. We are an example whether we like it or not.
1: Yeah.
0: Number two is that we want to remove dangers. Remove dangers. You see a couple of the passages here. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Now, as adults, we know what it means to guard our heart. I hope that we're guarding our hearts. But children who are, they don't always have that same level of discernment on how to guard their heart. We have to step in there for them. We have to be so careful what comes into our kids. Because if it gets into our kids, that's going to shape them. So we want to guard the hearts of our children. Remove dangers. 1 Corinthians 15 do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Some of you are misled. I'm sorry, scripture is true. Don't be misled. Some of you think, well, you know what? My you know, Christian child, they're going to have a great influence on the ungodly kids they're hanging out with. That might be very rare or that can happen, but oftentimes it's the opposite. I compare it to having a bag of grapefruit, and you have one bad grapefruit in the bag. The good grapefruit around it are not going to make the bad one good, but if you leave a sit in there, what happens to the good grapefruit around it? Pretty soon, they start to rot. They get bad, so we have to be very careful. As parents, probably one of the hardest things that we did was we had to end the friendships of some of our kids that had with toxic people. Let me tell you, parenting is a is a higher call than being their friend. We were not real popular when we had to step in and say, you're no longer going to be with this person. And in some of the cases, it involved kids from the church. And that's what makes it really hard. When we were in Iowa, we were taking, our daughter was taking a girl that she had become friends with to youth group. And we thought, well, that's great. They're coming to youth group. But then we started seeing that this girl was having a very negative influence on our daughter. Very different home that she was being raised in, and we finally had to just stop it. And here was a girl we were bringing to youth group. Barb has another story she's going to share of of something
1: really tough. One, Um, we were living in Florida, and one of our kids, one of our daughters, um, mom um, was hanging out with this girl, and her mom met with me. Her, Her this girl started to really spiral down, and we became aware of it, and we had said no, this can't happen. You know, you can't hang out with this girl. And the mom met with me and she was crying. And she said, I need your daughter's influence in my daughter's life. And I said, I can't sacrifice my daughter for yours. And we were both crying. It was a sad day. And honestly, we kept praying for that girl. We kept, you know, I I told her everything about getting her in youth and, and making sure that, you know, there were some parameters around her life. And that girl, to this day, last I knew, is not doing well, and our daughter went on to be in ministry, and it's, it was just awful. It was just sad, but, but there's times you just have to protect your kids. You don't want to, you know, be a holy huddle, and no one comes in our holy huddle, but at the same time, you don't want to just throw them to the wolves and say, well, you know, we, you know, they'll be okay.
0: Yeah, you know, when kids are little, I mean, I'm talking about, you know, I say four and five-year-old, you know... Ungodly home children and godly home children, there's not a whole lot of difference between those kids playing and so forth. But what happens, every year they get older, the difference between how they're raised and what kingdom they are gets wider and wider until they become into teenage years. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you really see the difference. Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier about guarding the heart. One of the most important things that I see today is watch the social intake uh, of the social media intake of your kids. I'm reading story after story of how people are getting all confused on what gender they are, and a lot of it's coming from the things that they're watching online, where it's become cool to be this way or that way, and it plants these these thoughts, and all of a sudden everybody's like, "Well, this just must be the way it is." We have a responsibility, parents. We have to guard our kids. Nobody else is going to take that role for you. That's true. You have to do it. And again, at times, it's going to make you unpopular. Mm-hmm. So we want to watch what movies they go to, what, what, uh, what they're, who they're hanging with, and, and what books they have. I mean, you see all the crazy stuff about what books are in the schools these days. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not here to talk all about what we're against and so forth, but we just have to be careful. We want to make sure that we are protecting our kids they're not able to make the right and wrong decisions like maybe we can as adults. So part of that is removing those dangers. And the next one I want to get into is number three, affirm and correct with love. We want to affirm them. The word affirm, think about this, is that we want to care for them and encourage their development. We want to help them so much that we, we are encouraging them. We are, we are helping them by speaking life into them. And we want to correct with love. I've heard it said before that parenting is about 80% empty, empty threats and 20% picking up miniature toys, <laughs> okay?
1: If any of you have Legos in your house, that's, that's what that's We about.
0: don't want to just be throwing out empty threats. Yeah. Look at 1 Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12. It says this, For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his children. At least this is how fathers and parents should be dealing with their children. Look what it says. Encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. Let me come back to that again. As parents, we want to encourage, comfort, and urge your kids to live for God. That's what our calling, that's what we want to do. Now, what that means is there's times where we're going to have to correct them. That means there are times where we're going to have to, you know, remove dangers like I just mentioned earlier. But we want to do it in love with lots of affirmation. Proverbs 13, 24 on the screen, and you probably know this verse. Let me just talk about this one for a moment. Whoever spares the rod hates their children. But whoever loves their children is careful to discipline them. Now, when you see that verse, before you get up and leave and say, oh, man, it's one of these churches where they're, you know, believing in hitting kids and everything, you got to understand what that word rod means. In the Hebrew, it's the word shebet. The word shebet is translated in two different ways in Scripture. One is a king would have a, 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 a a scepter, and that scepter was shebet. So in other words, it was a symbol of leadership. It was a symbol of ruling. It was also used like in uh, Psalm 23 about the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That word rod, shebet. In other words, when I look at that, whoever spares the rod, whoever spares leading their children through ruling in a leadership way or protecting, that's more of a thing. Now, I'm not here to say about spanking or not. I think every family has to make their own decision. You never do, if you are spanking, you never do it in anger. You don't do it in a humiliating way. But there's many forms of discipline. The important part that we found as parents is you have to be consistent. And the penalty only needs to be a little bit greater than any joy they got for the disobedience. Now, why was this such a big deal for us? Well... I came from a very strict home. Barb, on the other hand, came from a very lenient home. I remember going to, or, or not me going, but my mom going to the parent-teacher conferences when I was like, you know, second grade, third grade. Oh, I was I was one of those kids that was in trouble a lot, and I dreaded those conferences because I know the teachers were going to tell the, my mom all the stuff going on. When she was at conferences, you know what I did? I put on multiple pairs of underwear. Because <laughs> I knew what was going to happen when I got T-M-I. home. T-M-I. But it was, it, was, it was a pretty strict home. And, and, I, and of course, that when I got to be a teenager, I rebelled from it. Mm. And I went far into the world because I rebelled against very strictness. Barb, on the other hand.
1: Yeah, I, I was the last of five kids, and my parents were worn out when I was born. <laughs> And in hindsight, I can see that. And they're just kind of like, just function, will you? Because we just need to just, you know, keep, keep the wheels on the bus here. So I had like no discipline. And that really hurt me. And I really, really wish my life would have been different if I had heard a firm no at, at times when I needed to. I've heard it said before that sometimes love is spelled N O.
0: Yeah. So can you imagine now? we're getting ready, we're married, we're going to have kids, and we're going to start parenting. I come from the super strict background. She comes from a very lenient background. And we had to work through our differences Mm -hmm. because we had to do it. How are we supposed to do it? And there was a lot of trial and error. Do you know we took a parenting class when we had been parents for 13 years? It was the first time I'd ever taken a parenting class. I don't think you had either. 13 years we had been a parent with our oldest one, And we took our first parenting class. By the way, we offer parenting classes here at the church.
1: It became apparent that we needed it.
0: (laughs) She didn't use that in the other services. I just got
1: to lighten it up a little
0: here. (laughs) So uh, we took a parenting class. We learned so much. Watch online. We offer parenting classes from time to time. And I'll just say this we learned how to affirm our kids even when we discipline them. Because I would be like, you know, a kid would do something, I'd be like, you're going to be grounded for the next three months. You know, one of those empty threats, you know? <laughs> then I'd look at her and she'd be rolling her eyes at me, and now, now we got a marriage issue too. Yeah. You, you know
1: <laughs> that when you ground a kid for a long time, you're actually grounding the mother.
0: <laughs> so that's when we learned that it doesn't have to be severe, but it had to be consistent. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we learned with our kids, and we did it, we would bring them into our room. Mm. We would pray with them. Mm. We would affirm them by saying, we believe in you. We know you can do better. But here is the penalty for what you have just done. And they could see that we were in unity. Mm. It changed everything in our parenting once we learned Mm. how to discipline in a way that was consistent. You know, God loves us, doesn't he? Does he discipline us? He does because he loves us. If you think that, like, super strict is going to be the answer, no. If you think super lenient is the answer, it's no. To me, the right balance is you discipline by affirming, and you correct them in love. So that's such an important aspect.
1: Our son, Luke, one time, he, he had gotten in trouble, often gotten in trouble, and he said, um, Mom, instead of consequences this time, can we just pray about it?
0: <laughs>
1: I'm like, we'll pray, but then will there be consequences. <laughs>
0: Some of you heard, and they probably still echo in your mind, words from growing up. You never amount to anything. What's the matter with you? You dummy? Don't do that to your kids. Speak words of life. Affirm them. Believe in them. It goes such a long ways. Remember, the, the power of the tongue, you either bring life or you bring death. And in our correction, we have to make sure, because I, I know for me, what I did wrong was I got angry, and I, I disciplined out of anger. That's not the way God wants us to do it. And so uh, now we're going to move on. Let's, let's move on to the fourth one.
1: Okay, number four is invest in memories. The scripture there is Psalm 127.3. Uh, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. I'm telling you, it's so easy to get so busy with life that we forget that these children that are under our roof today will not be there in 10 years. They'll be living somewhere else, and they'll be doing their own life, and we have this window of time just to enjoy them, to, to spend time with them. Um, one of the things that we tried to do was we, we affirmed that we will keep you kids a priority in our schedules. you got to have some margin in order to have fun with them and to to just to have a relationship with them. Um, Sometimes I think kids spell love, T-I-M-E, because that's what shows them that they're valuable to us. Um, We made the decision early on that we would rather spend money on like overnights and getaways and, and trips and that kind of thing than having the latest, greatest stuff. So, so our money went to, if we had X amount of dollars, we would spend it on where can we have an overnight or where can we have a trip. I'm a firm believer in praying for vacations. We prayed for when, when our uh, oldest daughter was going to graduate from high school. I prayed for two years. God, give us an amazing vacation because I really want to have something, some special memory before, we're, we're, before they're all up and out and it's hard to get together. And one day someone came up to Dave and he goes, um... I have a condo on the beach. You are welcome to use it. It was in Costa Rica. And they said, if you can get there, you can use it. And I'm, we're telling you that the 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 bonding time that comes when you're doing terrifying things with your kids or when you're, like we were rappelling. I remember looking at my son, and he said, I'm going to rappel head first. I said, and he said, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Oh, but, but those times were awesome. We also did, um, you know, we 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 said, we, I had grown up in a house that wasn't a whole lot of fun as Christians. And I said, not our house. We're going to have fun. And, you know, try to keep them in the faith and, and get to know their friends. So we said ours was the party house with no alcohol. And we had, we had a ton of kids in and out. We took kids with us on overnights. And we went, you know, we did whatever we could afford to do. And um, just had the best time with them. Um, another thing, another verse there is Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Let me tell you something. The world wants to crush our kids. And th- they need our love and our forgiveness and our support. And that word there, good medicine, is actually Cure. And so I believe that as we come alongside our kids, we can say, you know, there may be weeping at night, but joy comes in the morning. We can remind them that life is good. They're going to make it through.
0: Okay. So, yes, we did prioritize building memories. And, you know, one of the things that if you have teenagers, you'll probably relate to this. Uh, If you want to go to a movie in town, your teenagers don't want to go with you. But if you're out of town on vacation and you go to a movie, oh, yeah, they don't have any problem going. See, it's not cool to be hanging out with mom and dad in the, in the town you live in. So we took advantage of that by going out of town and spending, you know, and yeah, it takes money, but you know what we chose to do is drive old, older vehicles because your kids won't care as much about the emblem on your vehicle or the age of your vehicle as they will the time you invest in them. Someday the kids are going to be gone, and then you can have the luxury vehicle that you've always dreamed of. But I just encourage you, make time... S- save money mm-hmm. for those investing those memories yeah. now we're at the stage we're trying to do it as grandparents and, you know spending time and building memories with we have our own little routines that we do now with the grandkids that come over and the games we play and the fun things we do and we've taken our first two uh we've taken our oldest grandkids out of town on some overnights to uh, hotels with water parks mm-hmm. they love it you can just go and just plop there and just have a great time without spending a whole lot of time even at the At the big parks and so forth. Now we're gonna go to the last one, probably the most important. Number five, is nurture their walk with Jesus. Nurture it. You know, help the development of your their relationship with Jesus. I love what it says in Deuteronomy 6. It says, starting in verse 4: Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. It starts with you. Then what? Now impress them on your children. How do we do that? How do we impress the command that God has given us? Well, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. And if we'd had vehicles back in those days, it would have been while you're driving. Wherever you're at, that pretty much covers everything. See, our role as parents is to be always speaking and nurturing their relationship with the Lord. Using it. It's not just Sunday. It's not just Sunday morning. It's just not on your way to church and back. It's not just pray over a meal or pray over bedtime. It should be a part of our lives. And this, this was something that uh, Barb got something started in our home, and I was like, not the best spiritual leader in these days, because she started doing devotions with the kids when they were young. Youngest one being in the high chair, and she started, you know, telling Bible stories and reading out of books. And I was sitting there watching, you know, me, the big spiritual leader, thinking, oh, that's really pretty cool that she's doing that. I'm biting my tongue. Yeah. And, and uh, then I'm realizing, you know, as a husband, as a father, I should be taking the lead. And pretty soon I said, let's, let's do this together. Let's do it. And so we would do it on our back patio. We would do it in our living room. And I'm just going to share with you the format we used. It worked for us. We would do it in the evening, before bed, which is a key thing because the kids knew when it ended, they went to bed. So they had no, no incentive to have it end early, okay? <laughs> and what we would do is we would uh, let them get a snack, you know, some popcorn, some ice cream, I remember the time our daughter was crunching on carrots and so forth. It was like, it was like all, all these things. They were just like, they were there. And then when we'd have one of the kids open in prayer, and we'd just go through uh, like a devotional book. But as it got a little older, then we just went to the Bible. I remember going through the whole book of Proverbs. And we'd, ha- we'd go around a circle, and we'd read. Like each person took a verse. And then here's what we do. And it's the same principles of Bible study. You read it. And I would ask the question, what does it mean? What's that mean? Sometimes they'd say, oh, I don't know what it means. Well, read it again. Does it mean this? Yes, you got it. So you read it to understand what does it mean, and then the last part is, how do you put it in your life? How do you put it into practice? Why is this in the Bible? And that's what we would do, and we were teaching the kids how to study the Bible, and we'd go around. We would do a verse just like they would, and just tell them about what we do at the very end then.
1: Well, we ended by um, each one of us, including us, would share a prayer request. And so then they would go around the circle and pray for the person next to them. And I'm telling you, kids, they, our kids were normal, okay? They were normal kids. They were not like super spiritual. They would come in with attitudes, you know, like kids can do sometimes. They'd come in, sit down. By the time they were done praying for each other, they were sweet. They were nice. They were calm. <laughs> It was a miracle.
0: You know, you know, the great thing about it is that we realized it was a, probably the, we were spending time training our kids, and nobody was in trouble. Do you know when most of your training takes place is when you're disciplining them? You're trying to correct them. You're training them in the face of discipline. And what do kids do? They're, like, all protective. They're guarding their heart. You know, they're, like... But this was a time where we were imparting wisdom from God, from our own experience. I remember Barbara and I, we have quite the testimony before we came to Christ. I remember us sharing with our kids our testimony. And there was tears. But we wanted them to know that we needed a Savior just like they did. And it was a very important aspect of them. And you might be thinking, well, you're a pastor. You could do that. We were doing this for many, many years before I was ever a pastor. Anybody can do this. No prep. I didn't put any preparation time in. Wherever we left off in the Bible, we put a bookmark in, and that's where we'd start the very next time we'd do it. And we would shoot for like a couple times a week, but probably most of the time, you could probably say we averaged one time a week. Some of you are probably doing this, and you're doing better than that. You're doing it every night. But we were like busy lives and different schedules, but we wanted to prioritize training.
1: Okay. Um, Another thing that we taught the kids that was huge, 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 was the fear of the Lord. Um, It's the beginning of wisdom, right? We know that from Scripture. There's so many promises with the fear of the Lord. It means that we love Him so much, we don't want to do anything that doesn't please Him. And when your kids get that, it will change your parenting because half your battles are over. When they decide that, okay, I want to please the Lord, then they will make better decisions, um, some of the promises with the fear of the Lord were long life, they'd prosper, he'd give them direction, helps us obey, avoid disaster, and the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. So there's lots of, yes, lots of incentive. Um, we wanted our, our kids' youth leaders to have more influence than their coaches, and that meant that they had to be here, <laughs> and their best friends were here, and it, it, was a, it worked well. Uh, Remember,
0: Okay. I'm going to jump in with something, because hmm. this often happens to me as a pastor now. Ah, my kids don't want to come to youth group. Hmm. Well, if they don't want to go to school, do you say, okay, I guess you don't have to go to school? Yeah. We didn't give our kids a choice. Yeah. I think every kid goes through times where they don't want to yeah. be in youth group. Of course. But who's the parent? We can't have child-dominated homes. You have to parent your kids. Okay? Now... Eventually, they might say that, then they make friends, and next thing you know, they go on trips or mission trips and things like that, and all of a sudden, it becomes a part of them. But you don't want to just allow your kids to to rule such an important thing, such as their spiritual development. Yes,
1: Uh, We encouraged our kids to have their own spiritual experiences with God through youth serving and mission trips apart from us. That was key because we wanted them to be growing and experiencing God on their level. And, and um, all three of our kids, uh, well, actually, our daughter, Christy, was the first one that wanted to go on a mission trip. And to us, that was, that was a foreign concept. I'm kind of full of them today, aren't I? I don't
0: know. That must be a mom joke, not a yeah. dad.
1: But it really was. There were no churches that we knew of that were doing foreign mission trips with teenagers. I mean, we just had not heard of that. So she went as a normal teenager, came back, radically changed. And, and then all three of our kids ended up going on multiple trips and it changed their lives. And we went on, we lead them now. I mean, it's just phenomenal growth happens as they connect with other Christians and they're being stretched in their walk with God. Um, We want to keep an eternal focus and release them when God says for them to do something. we got to let them go, moms. It's hard. It starts the day they go to kindergarten, right? It's like, "Ah, okay, I guess you can have my child. But God is able to guard those that we entrust to him. Um, Our daughter, Anna, I remember the day she came in, and she plopped down on the couch, and we'd been praying with her about different things, her direction in life, and she said, Well, Mom, I got accepted. I'm moving to the Middle East. I'm going to serve the Lord in the Middle East. I'm like, what? We didn't think it would happen. We were praying with her, but we really didn't think it would happen. And I just burst into tears, and she said, why are you crying? And I said, because that's the most amazing, most scary, most sad, most exciting thing I've ever heard. And she did it. She did it for a year, and it was phenomenal. Uh, We need to commit to fight for them in prayer. Don't ever give up your prayer life for your kids. It can be the deciding factor in their lives. Um, We were prodigals. People prayed us into the kingdom. Nehemiah 4 said, remember the Lord. We're not doing this alone, guys. We're not doing it alone. And fight for your families. Whatever our kids face, our God is greater. Amen. Uh, 3 John 1.4 said, I have no greater joy than to know my children are walking in the truth. And that is true. On the day they stand before God, there'll be no greater joy than to know they were walking in the truth with God. So life is like a bus stop and on the way to heaven. And, and we can put all our energy, all our finances, all our, all our whatever into this bus stop or we can get them on the bus. And God said, get them on the bus. That we, want that we want our children in heaven serving the Lord with their whole hearts and making a difference.
0: Yeah, the most important thing you can make sure is that your kids are going to be with you for all of eternity. With the Lord. With the Lord, mm-hmm. all of eternity in heaven. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last quote I have for you is this, is that our goal, and this was how we lived out our lives. I mean, we weren't perfect at all, but Our goal is to not make our kids happy, even though we had a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. We did. Even teenage years, we had a lot of fun. We don't despise the teenage years. We had a great time. But our goal was not to make our kids happy, but to help them grow into passionate Christ followers. It was intentional. Mm -hmm. And if you're not intentional, the world will be intentional. The world will pull them into all kinds of junk and so forth. But we can have, you know, Daniels, so to speak. Living for God in an ungodly culture. Amen. And that's our goal, is is that we want to make sure. So as we get ready to pray, I just want to remind you of the things that we've talked about. And I think there's something for every one of you. And I would just ask yourselves: what is God speaking to you today? Maybe you don't have kids. These principles apply because you're a person of influence. Are you teaching by your example? Are you removing dangers? Maybe in your own life, maybe in the people that are around you. Are you affirming and correcting in love? Are you investing in memories? And are you nurturing walks with Jesus, first with ours and then with the people that are in our lives? Everything we've talked about comes down to this the gospel of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. that He has forgiven us of our sins, that He went to the cross, He paid the price. And it all starts out of a relationship with Jesus Christ. In a moment when we pray, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's where it starts. you got to cry out to God and say, God, I need my sins forgiven. I want to fully follow you with all of my life. Let's pray. Father, as we wrap up this message, Lord, we just pray that you'd have a specific word for each and every one of us. How we can continue to influence the people in our lives that we can be a better parent, a better grandparent, great-grandparent, whatever stage we're in, a teacher, a person of influence and people around us. For those, Lord, who have prodigal children right now, Lord, I know that a message like this may stir up a lot of things in people's hearts. Lord, we pray that you would bring these prodigals back home, Lord God. Open their eyes. Help them come to their senses. For those who want to be parents, who are not able to, Lord, I pray that you would move miraculously in their lives to help them to become parents one way or another, Lord God, that you are able to do it. And for those that do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ or they've wandered off that path, let today be the day of salvation. Let this be the day that they surrender all to you. For Lord, you surrendered your life for us and we want to surrender our life unto you. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Would you stand as we get ready to close the service with one last worship song?
1: Church, let's take a moment to declare to the Lord, we are your
0: people. You are our God.
1: And surrender to him. Sing, we are your people. We are your people. You are our God. We are your temple.
0: Just a few uh, things for you before uh, I dismiss you. Uh, First of all, if you are new, we're so glad that you're here. Maybe you're just checking out the church, you're visiting other churches, but we're just glad you're here. We have a place out in our commons, which is out to my right. You go out there, it's a huge room. We have a center ring out there. We'll have some volunteers and pastor out there, and you can just make your way out there. We'd be glad to answer any questions you might have about the church. If God spoke to you when Pastor Brian was up here about using your life to impart to the next generation through our kids' ministry. And we just have questions. The room uh, is right back there. The door is open. You'll see it. Pastor Steve will be in there, and you may have some other people. We'd be glad to answer questions you might have about serving in our kids' ministry, The great place to serve. Also, if you want to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you know you're not in the right place. At the end of the service, while people are leaving, just make your way down here. Or if you have any other prayer needs, we'd be glad to. we we'll have a prayer team down here. Be glad to pray with you. If you have questions about what it means to give your life to Christ, ask one of us. How many of you have given your life to Jesus Christ? Yeah. Would you ever want to go back to the way of the world? It's the best lifestyle. It's the way we were created. And if you're not in that place, you're missing out. God is pursuing you. He wants that relationship with you, but he will not force you into it, and neither will we. Also, as you're leaving, just a reminder of our offering boxes by the back. That's where you can give. One of the ways you can give, you can also give online or texting or whatever. But thank you for your generous giving to the work of the Lord here. It means so much to all of us and being able to continue to do what we do here. So God bless you, and have a great rest of your day.